0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land.
1: Welcome aboard, and rocket season is finally back, and the guy next to me was at the preseason opener with the Spurs at the Toyota Center. Joining me is Frank from HTX Chop Shop. Great to have you back on the show, Frank, and I'm curious, was it a good crowd Sunday with all three Houston teams playing the same day, Astros, Rockets, and Texans?
0: Man, I will definitely say probably one of the best crowds I've seen at a, preseason game in a couple of years and uh I mean it was electric in there it's all the lower sections were filled obviously because the preseason uh tickets are a little cheaper but I mean everything was just electric I think the word that Coach Silas was kept on using electric the crowd was electric and I think you could definitely tell the city's excited about this uh, young Rockets team
1: well I'm excited I know you're excited let's get to it and remind everybody that's watching, listening, subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube. It's the best way to support the show. And Frank, I, I want to hit on a few players individually, then go to overall thoughts. And before I get to Jabari's massive debut, got to ask you about Jalen because he made a couple of great passes I noticed. And that might not seem like a huge deal to some, but they were passes I didn't see last year. And if he's going to become a legit all star, star or superstar, that's
0: the next step. I mean, you hit it right on the head. Um, If you look at his box score, he didn't really shoot very well, but watching him live at the game, he had a great game. I mean, he was in control when he had the ball in his hands the entire time. And like you pointed out his playmaking and the, his field just navigating through the paint around traffic was just night and day compared to last uh, season when he first came into the, uh, into his rookie year. So and one thing I did notice, he looked visibly bigger. Like, you could tell that that 10 pounds that he's, he was talking about in the uh, media that, that he put on really was um, able to allow him to get into the paint, get bumped, but still keep his handle and playmake. Um, him and shang notice noticed a little bit of chemistry developing there, playing off of each other. Uh, him being able to run a couple pick and rolls and get the ball to his big man in a spot where he could take advantage of the defense. So you're definitely right. Um, That was something that I was very, very happy to see because that was one of the things I wanted him to work on uh, last season coming into this year.
1: Only seven points for Jalen, but Jabari Smith with no trouble scoring. It was an easy-looking 21 in 24 minutes, five of eight from three. Those summer league shooting woes are over with already, and it was all of it was advertised, Frank, what did you see?
0: Jabari is as advertised. Uh, He is who they said he was. And um, he definitely displayed all of his elite skill sets during the game. I'm talking about defending, being able to switch out. His communication um, in person was just on point. I mean, he was talking every Angle every spot he was on the court, he was communicating with the guy adjacent to him, and on offense, I think uh, the summer league is a little skewed because of the talent level. Um, one thing that is different with playing with Jalen and Kevin Porter and Shangun is that they're able to draw double teams um, when they get in the paint so for him, if you go back and watch the highlights from uh, from the game you'll see that i mean these some of these shots were he was butt naked wide open um, shooting, and if you give Jabari those shots. I mean, he's going to kill those. And and that's one of the things I'm really on this team about is that they put you in a bind. And I was thinking about this um, throughout since the game of the it's like a triangle bind, not really the triangle offense, but a triangle bind of Shangun in the post, Jalen on the perimeter and Jabari in the corner. It's a it's a pressure that they put on your team that you you have to commit to one of those things at the expense of giving up the other. And if you think about historically for most of the great dynasties, they they always give you that pressure, whether it's Hakeem playing in the post with the shooters on the corners and the guards that that are setting up the play at the top, whether it's the Lakers with Kobe, Shaq in the paint, and uh, whether it's Horry or Fox, one of those shooters, that that kind of triangle pressure of post, um, elite guard, and perimeter shooting um is really a foundation for a good team and at those three positions I feel like the Rockets have really high level talent that that are going to project out to be fairly good in about 2 or 3 years.
1: I think everybody thought well you have a big in Christian Wood last year and once Tice was out of the picture you're saying well the court should court should have been opened up with the guys that they have out there on the floor. Now one thing we didn't see was Jay Sean Tate so that's got to be factored into it but you know, to me, there's a big difference in spacing that I saw in yesterday's game. And maybe it just goes beyond Jay Tate because, you know, Shane Goon's not a great outside shooter either. But you could just tell what Jabari brought. And Christian Wood was a good three-point shooter, but he was somebody that you could slough off because he wasn't a catch-and-shoot guy. He had a real slow delivery, whereas Jabari's got that really rapid-fire delivery really quick, and and it's gone.
0: Jabari's a pure shooter. It's it's not it's not even close. Like the the pressure he puts on the defense is is I don't care if Christian Wood shot 50% from 3 just because of the marksman Jabari is they are thinking about him. And it creates chaos. And the Spurs, let's let's get to something straight. They are a terrible team. If you watch the game closely, I mean, they made so many mistakes. So we don't want to get too, you know, too hype about that victory and how we look because, you know, they, we're playing probably the worst team in the league. But like I said, the pressure. Are you going to stop Jalen driving? Or are you going to try to commit to not giving, giving Jabari open three? If Shangun is posting up a player on a mismatch, Are you going to commit to try to go help that player? Guess what? You're going to give up a cut to Jalen green. You're going to give up a shot by Jabari. It's pick your poison and Christian Wood, the difference between him is that he wasn't in that triangle thing. I described earlier, they all play for each other and they're reading each other and kind of play off of each other. When wood gets the ball, it was like, okay, he's going to take a shot. There was a play that Jabari, um, got the ball, and the guy closed out really well on him, and he's able to reset and set a screen on two guys to get Kevin Porter Jr. open three in the corner. I've never seen Wood make plays like that because usually when he gets the ball, if they close out, he's going into ISO. So little things like that where they're selfless and they're kind of moving the ball around, um, I'm really, i really high on this team. I, I really am.
1: Yeah, one thing that I made a point of after Summer League, I can't remember if I made the point on Twitter or on the show, but I said, look, you know, one thing that Jabari couldn't do in the summer league was get in the corner for threes, and he was making threes in the corner, and the corner three is way more similar to the college three. So factor that in. If he gets some corner threes, that's pretty much what he was doing last year, as opposed to he, he's, he's a little further out than he was in, in college in the NBA. Now, Steven Stiles said nobody in the gym, uh, where nobody that he saw in the gym more than Kevin Porter, this offseason. Did you see anything different from KPJ?
0: I did. I did. I saw one of the things in person that really popped out was his his defense. Um, His defense, but for him, both him and Jalen, I don't know if it was just the addition of all these different guys, but they are really committed to the end of the floor. And as far as his play, um, he's making the simple pass that I expect him to make. And he still has a lot of, um, a a long way to go along being, Uh, somebody that could orchestrate the offense to the fullness that it's supposed to be in, like we've seen with other star guards. But I have noticed in this one game that he was making the correct pass at the first level where I'd like to see him make the advancement is making the second secondary and the tertiary passes, especially when he's in the pick and roll. Um, Another interesting thing I saw with KPJ was that him and Bruno Fernando have a very kind of nice chemistry that they're developing as well. I always had a theory that KPJ would have thrived better as a just a pick-and-roll guard, as a five-out guard that Silas um, tried to use him as when he first came in um, as a point guard. He really flashed that pick-and-roll ability when he first came to the Rockets, and they kind of went away from that, went to more of the five-out offense with Wood as his center, and Wood just wanted to pop out for threes and get into isolation. You give KPJ a, a big that's rolling downhill hard that's a lob threat, it really makes the read very simple for him. You can either take your mismatch or lob it up. I want to see him get to the point where he can start reading those corner passes, uh, those slot passes, and kind of that getting to that next level. But I think he had a pretty good game, just like Jalen, not st- st- statistically great, but um, just the feel and just watching them play. I mean, they were both over plus 20 on the uh, plus minus in the game. So when they were in the game, the team was doing well.
1: Yeah. Porter also saying all the right things on media day and the off season, so it's looking good for Porter right now. And I missed the first few minutes of the game. We were busy with our live Texans post game show. Quick plug here. If you're a Texans fan, make sure to check out our weekly Texans post games with Sports Radio 610's Sean Bajani and myself. And Bajani's out there covering the Texans every day. So you're getting a guy on the ground out at NRG Stadium. But because I missed the first few minutes, Frank, I didn't see all of Shane Goon's minutes. What I did see... It looked a little rough around the edges. Five turnovers in twenty minutes. We know that was a problem last
0: year. Thirteen points. What did you think about Shangun? I think it was a mixed bag. Um there were some things that I wish that he had improved a little bit upon, but it's still early. And I think him playing over in uh in during the you know, in the FIBA and the Euro basketball, he he probably didn't have as much time to develop the chemistry with the guys that you want to see. So I think that may play a factor. You got to remember, a lot of these guys have been in this gym all summer together. So he's kind of the odd man out coming in late to the party. I think some of those turnovers get cleaned up when he gets on the same page. Another thing, like I said, him and Jalen look good together. Jabari and him on defense, Jabari really helps him out. Um, because for Shane what he needs to do is learn to get in the right position. When you have a high level defender like Jabari Smith um, on the weak side, or just helping out or at the point of attack, he really just has to know where to come help from rather than being the last line of defense. Because with Jabari, you're rarely going to be like a purely last line of defense because he's going to be there in front of the guy to, to kind of, you know, stop the penetration or whatever. So, um, uh, one thing I was disappointed in Shangun is his rebounding. I know, uh, Yaku is a pretty big guy, but Shangun was doing a lot of ball watching, um, just kind of, Standing under the basket, I just want to see him throw his body and his weight around a little bit more. Other than that, you know, I think he had a pretty okay showing. I love the trio um, of him, Jabari and Jalen. And I'm interested to see, because Silas did say he was going to start uh, trying out a, a, a four-out, one-in offense. And I just kind of want to see what that looks like for them as they go for it.
1: Yeah, everybody's probably wondering, like, hey, why haven't you talked about this one guy that's uh just blown up pretty quickly with the Rockets? And uh, I'm I'm there now. I'm there. Tari Eason continued where he left off from Summer League. 21 points, 10 rebounds in just 21 minutes. Don't know if you can keep this guy out of the starting lineup, Frank, but he's got to be in the
0: rotation, right? Definitely. Um, Tari, I'm a little kind of I don't know. i, I I see him and I want him to start. Then I see what he's doing off like somebody that can come in off the bench and be a six man, especially early on in his career, Uh, because his his skill set is so unique. I mean, he's a demon in transition. He's on deflection steals. He's getting blocks. He's everywhere. I mean, he literally looks like there's five of him out there playing and uh, he's scoring. He's facilitating for other teammates. He can take guys off the dribble. Um, it's just hard to really slot him. I don't know if it will do him a disservice to put him with the starters with a bunch of other guys that have their own skill sets that they need to utilize for the team. So, but I was really impressed with him. I mean, he's keeping up what he did at LSU, what we saw in summer league and, It's like the guy that we saw is who he is. And that is really exciting. The Rockets really hit on a guy at that level and that caliber. I think that him and Jabari at some point in the future, when they get on the court and start playing together, we might have, uh, at some, you know, maybe in a few years, one of the best wing duos, uh, defensively in the, in the league. The one thing about him being in the starting lineup is he's somebody you do not have to run
1: plays for. But the same can be said for Eric Gordon. And Eric Gordon can just stand there at the three-point line, much more dangerous than Tari at this point. So maybe that's a good thing. I still think why start Eric Gordon if he's not in your long-term plans? Why not already, you know, sort of get the ball rolling a little bit on Tari? But we're going to probably get back to that as the year goes on, Frank. So let's go to the backup point guard battle between Dacian and Ty-Ty. Dacian got all the key minutes. Ty-Ty came in after it was a blowout. What did you see from those two guys?
0: Dacian mixed bag as well. Uh, he did some good things. You got to see a little bit of his playmaking. He he does have a great ability to get into the paint. He just doesn't finish very well. I mean, he had nice one finish where he went uh, under the basket for a reverse layup. But other than that, it's just um, – you know, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. I, 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 I want to like him a lot because he's a big kid. He can pass you. He clearly has the vision and the IQ. It's just that the execution isn't always there. But I can tell that, um, he definitely understands the offense a lot better than Tai Tai. Um, live Tai Tai is especially t- he came in late. You could tell it took him a couple of minutes to warm up. Once he was warmed up, he looked like he's supposed to look. Um, he's very kind of a methodical type of guard. Um, A little bit of a change of pace that we're used to with Jalen and Kevin Porter because he's a reader. So he reads the defense a lot and makes plays off of that. Um, He was a little timid. Um, I think he definitely looks like a rookie. Uh, Out of all the guys, uh, the rookies that played yesterday, he definitely looked like, a regular rookie that was still trying to figure it out, especially on the defensive end. So I, I would give the nod right now just based on just familiarity and uh, knowing the offense and being more experienced to Dacian because um, he's just been here longer. Uh, but I do think maybe going down to the G League will be good for Tai Tai. I mean, there's no purpose for me for a guy of his talent to be playing uh, 10 minutes in blowouts every five games uh, where he can go to the G League and get some good run learn the offense learn to play at this level a little bit and uh, kind of uh, uh, develop his craft a little bit i still think the rockets need a backup guard um regardless of those two because i just don't see their level of play is sufficient enough to really be right now backups for an nba team to be honest um so if if they're going to make a move on the peripheries to try to get a player right now i think the center situation is pretty you know we we have many, too many centers Um, I think they probably still need like that veteran guard that can give them a change of pace and run the offense for them. What
1: do you think about just having Josh Christopher as backing up the one and the two and basically Jalen, is his ball handling good enough, do you think, to where he can bring the ball up the court or sort of initiate the offense? Obviously, he's going to draw the gravity of a point guard um, and we're seeing his passing improving. I mean, is that a possibility and you give Josh Christopher – you know, 30-something minutes, so you're up his minutes from last year and, and his usage. Do you think he can handle that?
0: He had a great game this first game. He did have a great game, and I was um, very proud to see him play, uh, kind of display what we all liked about him last year. I was really down on him because of his play in the summer league, and people tell me, oh, he played good in the summer league, but that's not what I wanted to see from Josh Christopher, and that's what, not not what Raphael Stone wanted to see. They wanted to see him to playmate because probably for the reason you just mentioned because they need somebody else that could be that third guard. I don't think he's there yet. Um he makes good plays and he can make plays, but I he's just not a uh like somebody that runs the show very well. He's very tunnel vision and uh for him when he does make plays it's like him in the action, the guy that's in the action with him. I don't think he sees the full court. Uh I don't know if we have any any guys on the roster that see the full court, but um I, I, I like his energy as that off guard and almost a guard version of Tari Eason, where you really don't have to run too many plays for him. You just want him out there to be a disruptor, guard, um, you know, in transition, be be somebody that's going to get out and run and just kind of free roam and play that kind of rover position uh, on defense uh, for for the kind of the backcourt, but I, I I do I am uh, kind of encouraged by what I saw from him, and I think that um, him Jalen and Kevin Porter as a three guard lineup at some point during the season is going to be something that's going to be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I feel like they could also move Eric Gordon to the backcourt where he's normally at, and it, the development of Tari is going to be a big deal because at that point, you know Tari can be playing more of the three, and you can move Gordon and he could do some backup stuff at the two. You know, you've also got Jay Sean Tate's that, that's going to be coming off the bench if everybody's healthy. And, you know, the next guy that I wanted to talk about, we got Bruno Fernando, who's very much in the mix now, he was the first big off the bench with Jay Sean Tate out with a minor injury. Fernando's two-way contract converted to a four-year, 40, four-year, I said $40 million deal, not so fast, $10 million deal. Uh, Bruno looks good every time I see him.
0: Play Frank I mean, what do you think? what do you think about the contract and, and and the and the play in this first game? the contract was surprising. I'm not gonna lie um but they there must be some like business or financial motive behind that that's what I'm thinking I know he probably earned every penny of it, but i just i i mean I didn't see the market for him being that but um as far as his play i've i saw it last year, especially towards the end of the season and those games like when he played during uh, when we played the kings um he has stretches where the team just looks super and he looked like he was just like Wilt Chamberlain or something. And um, just as you watch him play more, he does have that in him, not Wilt Chamberlain, but to be a consistent big that produces um, for the team. And um, I think it's, he is interesting because like I said, him and Kevin Porter, they have a, a dynamic about them um, in the pick and roll that I think the team can really explore to see if Shane Goon isn't maybe in some matchups, isn't the guy that you need on the court, then you can go with Bruno. And I saw that Silas did have some lineups with Jabari and Bruno and Jalen and Kevin Porter. And I, you know, they would have Eric or another kind of a wing out there, but uh, you can see that he's kind of like leaning both ways, but it's going to be interesting to see how they play out. I can imagine some games where he's the, he's going to get as many minutes as Shangun does. Um, depending on the different types of matchups and the team that they're playing.
1: Any other thoughts from the game? Anything that I missed? Anybody else you wanted to hit on?
0: Yeah, I mean, just overall, the team, I think what fans have to realize is whatever notions they had about the team from last season, throw it away. This is a totally new entity Um, as a Rockets roster. It's a new beast. And I think that we really can't project too much into how they're going to do because they might, they might shock people. And and I'm, I really mean that because even with the, you know, they just traded um, for Derek Favors and, you know, he might be gone, as, you know, as soon as he's possibly can be traded. Or they might just use him until then, until the deadline, because he isn't expiring. But it, the team is competent this year. They have players. They have more talent. Christian Wood is in here. They have more hierarchy, and one of the key things that people forget is the coaching staff is much more improved. So all of those things together, whatever, you know, we talked about this all the time as far as, oh, we're going to be bad last year. We're going to be bad this. It doesn't work like that in the NBA. You never know when these teams are going to pop off. So I think right now it's just a blank canvas for the team, and we're just along for the ride, and I'm I'm really curious to see how that turns out. Could you see
1: a difference in the defense and the way they were playing, you know, with – Lionel Hollins here, or is, there, is it too early to tell? I mean, the Spurs were just a terrible example, so I don't. I didn't know what to think of that, and they were missing shots left and right. It makes your defense look really
0: good when the other team's just missing wide-open shots, and there was plenty of that. The defense played, I'm going to steal a Mike D'Antoni word, they played with more force, and they were, like, when they switched out, like, they were switching out. You know, there was, a, if you watch, I don't know if guys can remember from when Harden was here, those passive switches that it's almost like, oh man, I don't want to switch on this guy, but I'm going to do it anyways. It seems like they have the emphasis of when they switch to attack the whoever the to like almost shock the ball handler into like I'm here and I'm going to guard you. And they're kind of in the space of the ball handlers because now we have the athletes to do it. And I think Jabari being in the lineup just makes it. it it's it can't be stated enough how much of an impact defensively he allows you. Um, they play Shangguan in the drop. Um, But when you got guys that are just excited about playing defense, it seems like it's infectious because Jalen, Kevin Porter, um, Christopher was already like that. KJ is a good defender. Um, They just have, you know, people all over the court that are athletes that are willing to defend. The only person I saw that struggled a lot was Garrison Matthews. Um, I can see his minutes. They need to just, we have enough talent where he doesn't need to play that much, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I can definitely see the difference. There's an emphasis on being physical, being aggressive and giving a lot of effort.
1: Yeah, I just don't see how Garrison sneaks into the rotation. We, we've talked about a bunch of guys already, like nine or ten guys, and this you don't have fourteen man rotation. So, and and Derek, we haven't even talked about Derek Favors that could be in the mix as well. Um, I, I, I guess the the last thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, is there a guy of this group that you are most concerned about this year? Like, I, I need to see him take another step. I mean, Porter is an example, I guess, and Shane Goon is an example. Do you feel like the fans at all – Shane Goon's such a beloved guy. Is there anything about that that you go, well, I, I don't know. It's, it's too early to get that excited about him because he still doesn't have a good outside shot. There's still a lot of concerns on defense. And really, when you, you talk about today's NBA and winning in the playoffs – Defense and three-point shooting are the first two things that come to mind with any player that
0: you think about. For Shane Goon, I think he's uh, he's going to pick it up uh, as the, as the games go on. So I'm not really worried about him because, you know, it's relative to what our team goals are right now. Now, you do bring up a good point as far as when we get to the point where we are a playoff team, that may become an issue. But I think what a good team should be able to do is then uh, go to a different lineup or a different look, and I think we have the athletes to do that. Um, it's no shame in him having to sit out fourth quarters or closing minutes because of a matchup. We've seen that happen with great players before, um, and you know you you just have to do. But I think his talent is of the of the of the level that he is dynamic. And for the fact that Silas is going to alter his five out offense to try to cater to Shangun's skill set should be enough to let the fans know that he is going to be here for the long term. Um, another guy like obviously the Kevin Porter thing. Um, I think this is a big year for him. Um, I don't know if it's, it's going to, to me, this season is going to show whether he is necessarily needed going forward. And because what I saw yesterday was a team that didn't need a specific guy. They just have such, they had such good chemistry and ball movement that nobody's individual talent was like really just popping out just the collective team was showing. And I love that about that, about this team Um, for a guy like Kevin Porter. Can he fit into that type of that type of context where he's just one of the guys and is, can he accept that and then thrive in that role of being that good defender running the plays, getting the guys in their spots. Cause I always said that's where he needs to be the, to the extent he can do that. Then I think that, um, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, But I definitely want to see that. I don't want to see, you know, down the line, where he starts thinking about his contract situation. He's looking, we're winning by 20 points, but he only has four points and seven assists. Maybe he starts jacking up shots. So those are some things that I'm going to be looking out for, just some uh just some, you know, some of his behaviors and to see how Shane Goon progresses with Jabari. I think they have a uh some 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 things they could do off of each other that's going to be interesting.
1: I'm going to take a second here and I know you were at the game, so you didn't see this. But let me just take a little second to go on a Robert rant because I'm not happy with the streaming of the game on Sunday. Uh, first of all, it's I get it. It's the only time that they're streaming a game. I, I don't particularly see the purpose of it. I'm somebody that has to get cable to watch the Rockets and the Astros. You make us pay for it, NBA. You make us pay for the Rockets and the Astros. And when you put it on streaming, you're, you're making me go to somewhere else I don't want to go to. I can't record the game like I normally do. You know, it's much more difficult to watch a game and, you know, at a different time with you. I mean, you you pretty much can't do it with the way they stream the game. Number two, it was on the radio version of the game that I saw. So, you know, unless I, I got some weird feed, I think everybody was seeing the radio guys doing the game instead of the TV guys. And there's a big difference when you're watching something visually. It's not fair to the radio guys to put them on and it's not fair to the fans to have to listen to that. Number three, i don't know who was directing it. I'm sure they're a very nice person, but they were trying to reinvent the wheel. This was like doing Martin Scorsese stuff out there, and they're you know they're zooming in during plays. You cannot do that. There is a reason that every NBA game is shot with one camera up top going from left to right, wide angle, so we can see what's going on, so we're not you know, having spasms as we're watching the game as you're trying, zooming in, and, and they're missing things and all of that. They came back one time too late back to the video of the game uh, coming out of a break. I don't know how you can do that when I saw no commercials running. You know, if if, if that's an issue that's going to happen, then you just leave it on a feed of showing, you know, crowd shots or something like that. But they, they missed the beginning of the of the first play coming out. I mean, it was very poorly done, NBA and or Rockets or whoever, but I blame the NBA for sure for the fact that this was a game that was streamed that I didn't feel like needed to be streamed. And the Rockets fans were extremely excited because they're looking at a new product, everybody around the NBA. You're excited about your team the first time you see them after a long off season and to do it this way and put roll out this piss poor of a product, you know, a- a- as the first game that we see was just a total miss by the NBA and they should be embarrassed by it. And don't do that again. Just don't do it again. I mean, we're paying for cable, just leave it on the cable and that's good enough. But anyway, that's all I got on that. No, no, I,
0: no I definitely agree with you. And as, as a content creator um, and as all the NBA content creators, especially for the Rockets, um, kind of our world, it's, yeah, it's definitely unfair. And it's, uh, you know, it's like I, I put on Twitter today, it's like the game never happened um, out there. Like, you, you know, we have to wait, Lord knows how long for it to be published. Um it was definitely a bad look and I agree the the shots, even the the zooms, the everything was was just bad. And I hope they stop doing this because uh the fans and people that pay to watch the Rockets and all these people, you have this young team. Um don't cheap out or whatever this was that caused this. Let's not do that again. It's a bad look for for our team.
1: The best Rockets Twitter spaces out there is the one that Frank runs. Follow him at F Tank fifty eight. Remind everyone Frank, about what's going on with the HTX Chop Shop and the Rockets Chop Shop channel on YouTube?
0: Yeah, just uh, we're, you know, we're excited about the season to start. Um, If you guys haven't subscribed, uh, please go to the um, HTX Chop Shop and we do basketball analysis uh, focused on the Rockets. We do film breakdowns, podcasts, um, just different things, videos, highlights, um, just Click the you know click the subscribe button and uh, you know definitely get some good content and learn about the game in the process. Uh, so that's what we're doing. And like you said, I also host uh, Twitter Spaces. Um, if you ever want to come and talk hoops with uh, just a bunch of good fans that are passionate about the Rockets, uh, that's definitely the spot to do it.
1: Absolutely, can't thank you enough for doing this for me, Frank. I always love talking to you here or Twitter Spaces, no matter what we're doing it at. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, man.
0: All right, take care. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk.
1: Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.